0: Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. It is time for how to, when we address the sorts of decisions you don't take every day today. It's how to plan your garden. Paul Smith is a gardener and the author of Gardening Together. Afternoon, Paul. Afternoon, John. So let's just assume someone's in a new build, or as I was just telling you, their back garden is absolutely trash and it's like yeah. they're starting from scratch again. <laughs> Uh, uh, what's the first thing you should do or is the first thing you should do nothing? Yeah I
1: mean that's the beauty of this the first thing you should do in any garden if it's a new build if it's a house that you've just bought that you don't know is just sit Do nothing, observe, especially this time of year. I mean, you know, it's November. Who wants to be going out into the garden now? It is just having a look at what you have and assessing it. You know, if you bought a house that has a garden there for years, there could be 100 daffodils in the back garden that you don't know about this time Mm -hmm. of year. There could be all sorts of things. So it is very much a case of sitting with it, uh, ideally for a whole year, but maybe not everyone has that kind of patience. You know, (laughs) a couple of months, see where the sun sits, see where you want to sit in the garden, see what works for you, see where you want to actually, you know, spend time out in the garden and possibly then think about what you want out of the space after that
0: right okay so uh, so at this point if you've, you know you're just there looking at this wreck at the back of your house does it, is it a factor whether it's a north facing garden, south facing garden? Would that Might that affect what you're going to do?
1: With yeah, it? that's going to massively affect. You know, aspect is a huge thing in the garden. A north facing garden, you tend to have your sitting areas towards the back of the garden. A south facing garden, you tend to have them towards the house. Um, it's all about where you get the most sun. And if you're someone who likes the sun, not everybody likes sitting out in the sun. Some people like to have an area that's kind of, you know, a bit cooler and a bit shadier. Not that we have too much of a problem with that here all the yeah. time. But it's about, you know, looking at the space, where it works. Where do you get the most privacy? You know, lots of us are overlooked in our garden so where mm. is the actual place where you get the most privacy when you're sitting out of an evening you have to look at that and just sort of look walk around observe see where the sun lies and decide all of those things are really important to actually decide where you want to put you know number one is usually your seating area that's what people want in the garden and that's the next thing draw down your list of the things that you actually want your garden to do for you whether it's an outdoor space for you know just relaxing whether it's an outdoor studio people often want an office in the garden now mm. to work from home uh, what do you want it to do? Do you want a patio area? Do you want an area for your kids to play? Do you want your garden just to look beautiful and do nothing
0: else? Right. Okay. Let's uh, let's assume this that our theoretical person um um wants to do as little as possible, <laughs> but doesn't want to be an environmental monster and put down that fake grass. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, so <laughs> so. <laughs> we're we're assuming a level of skill and motivation that's pretty minimal, really, at yes. this point. Okay. So we, when you've kind of had a look, um, and, and, and you start thinking about plants. What ones should you start thinking about first, if you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so there's always a good, like, thing to think about. Some plants take a long time to grow. When you buy a big plant, you're actually just buying maturity. You know, that's all you're buying when you buy a big, expensive plant that's a couple of thousand euros. So you can get small plants. The number one to think of is trees. So trees are the first one to put into any garden when you're starting off. If you have a blank garden, if you have a garden that's mature, you want to put in a few things. Trees are number one because they take a long time to grow. Mm. They take a long time to mature. But actually, they give you the most, you know, impact. They obviously are the biggest things in the garden and if you pick the right one you can get flowers you can get fruit you can get lots of foliage you can get loads of different things from a tree so number one look at trees I guess top trees for a small garden things like crab apples are really good there's one called Malus Rudolph a really good variety of crab apple uh, look at Mountain Ash they're a really nice small garden tree as well that work well in a city space so yeah
0: when like you that. say when you say small how how small a small how big is uh, like
1: between three and four metres I mean not tiny tiny um, if you want smaller you really need to look at a shrub if you don't want something to get that big you need to look at like your large shrub and that's kind of the next level down. Whenever I plant a garden, I always look at the height of the plants. So start with the trees, go down to the big shrubs, go down to the smaller shrubs and then go down to the kind of small things in the ground. Uh, That's how I look at it. So the next thing would be shrubs, things like hydrangeas, the classic, the big, huge hydrangeas that everyone has in their garden, fuchsias. Those big shrubs are the next kind of one to look at. They're going to grow to nearly two, three metres if you let them and they're a nice big size too. And in some gardens, that's a lot of space.
0: Yeah. Now, just going back to the trees for a minute, because like, is there... Okay, if you have neighbours, some some people live in detached houses and so I suppose they can get a tree any size they want. Yep. yep. But if you have neighbours and this tree is going to be overlooking your neighbours, then is there kind of a... I don't know, if there's probably not regulations about it, but is there a recommendation you'd give in don't let your tree get past this point? I guess it's kind
1: of courtesy as much as anything else. I think there is a right for light in the planning legislation um, that does exist there. So you can't go planting big lilandi trees in your back garden, which people did in the 70s. So you have to be a little bit careful and a little bit conscious. And yeah, you want to block out your neighbours or you want to get a bit of privacy, but at the same time, you don't want to annoy them. So, uh, you know, pick wisely choose wisely spend a bit of time go to the garden centres and talk to the people there about what you have what space you have because yeah you want to put a tree in but also a tree like that can become a burden you put in something that grows too fast and all of a sudden 10 years down the road you're looking at getting someone in to cut it so Mm. you do have to be a little bit careful when you're picking trees so the smaller the tree for a small garden definitely uh, far better Uh,
0: and and when you said like a crab apple tree does that mean there's going to be apples every year
1: yeah little tiny crab apples you can make a crab apple jelly if you really want to if not the birds will just take them off this time of year because they're Hungry, they usually stay on till about
0: okay, Christmas back, time. Okay, back to my point about doing uh, the least amount of work. Yes. Because uh, you don't want to like to be picking up apples every year. <laughs> That's uh, um, good thing stuck <laughs> on the apples. So, yeah, so, so, so n- next down is kind of like the, the larger plants, the, hydra- uh, the hydrangeas and that kind of thing. Now, how much maintenance are we talking about, and how difficult is it to plant them? Uh, So the best thing to do is kind of get a list of really easy plants. It's not difficult
1: to plant a plant. Uh, Most plants, in fact, all plants now pretty much come in plastic pots, which mean you can plant them at any time of the year. There is no problem planting a plant Christmas Day if you want to. You know, there's no Mm. limit there. Uh, The plastic pot makes that possible. In terms of which ones to pick, things like hydrangeas, you know, they're a really tough, reliable plant that will flower year on year. Some of the big evergreen viburnums. Uh, The thing is really, every garden is different. I could list out 20 plants and it might only be suitable for, you know, five people Listening. So the best thing I always say to people is go into your garden centre at different times of the year. Uh, you know, every two months or so, go into the garden centre, have a look at what's looking good in the garden centre at that time of the year, and that will actually give you something to be looking good in your garden year round. Because the other thing you've said it there, people want gardens to be, you know, easy maintenance, not a lot of work, but they also want a garden to look good year round. Mm, so you're, mm. you're, you know, you're asking a lot here. <laughs> yes. <I guess laughs> oh no. Yeah. Of course. Um, so uh, it's <laughs> a good luck. You'll see it.
0: And, and, and like general, I don't know, are these things kind of affected by fashion? That People might want, well, I'm going to put a a, a bluish plant here because there's a yellow plant beside it and have a variety of colours or or, or can people kind of go for almost like hues of the same colour in parts if they want to. It
1: all depends really on, you know, the style of your house, all of that. Mm. Uh, Yeah, it massively is influenced on kind of fashion and, you know, going back in history, there's been garden designers that have looked at colour, one called Gertrude Jekyll going back hundreds of years and she was really obsessed with, you know, blocks of colour and doing it properly. But in your own back garden, I kind of have this policy of anything goes, you know, colour-wise, I think colour is great. So any colour at all in the garden works. People like, you know, to put the colour wheel together and have contrasting colours and have them complement minting colours but really and truly if you like it go for it yeah certain plants look better and certainly certain plants go in and out of fashion you know there's ones that are not fashionable now 10 years ago 30 years ago people were planting you know conifers in their gardens and headers all over and now mm. people look at that as madly unfashionable so yeah fashions and plants change as much as they do at houses
0: uh, plus also I imagine you'd, you'd have to take into consideration like if some some of the plants are only going to bloom in the summer you don't want like dead areas of your garden yeah how yeah. do you, I want you to... overcome that then? Uh,
1: there's a little bit of just grin and bear you know a garden this time of year is not going to look amazing a garden in Mm. July or June is always going to look pretty good uh, no matter what you do you know the worst or the best thing you can do if you've got a blank canvas just chuck out a load of wildflower seeds and forget about it if you want a garden to look good without doing absolutely anything but that also means you can't use the garden so you have to look at you know do you have kids that you want to run around and have a lawn in which case you'll need a lawn so it is about yeah having a garden looking good all year is a bit of a task which is why I say go into the garden centre regularly ask them what plants will work, what shrubs, what trees will work for your space and that way you should.
0: And so, yeah, when it, when it comes to the lawn mm-hmm. and working on the theoretical idea that, that people are looking out at a back garden and it's mud, yeah. essentially. OK. Do you plant lawn seed? Do you get someone to come and roll, roll lawn out for you? it's all I mean budget, time
1: uh, how much do you want to wait I mean you know if you want to save a couple of bob definitely the best thing to do is get some lawn seed and throw that out it's a bit late now lawn seed is usually best sown in the autumn or wait until about February, March time just as the soil starts to heat up so it will mean if you want to look at it all winter you're not going to have much to look at you can roll out lawn pretty much any time as long as the ground isn't frozen so Ah, it is something that if you want it looking good straight away but it also obviously is a lot more expensive to get a roll out lawn than a bag of seed you know A bag of seed might cost you 10 euro, whereas uh, rolls of lawn seed or rolls of lawn can cost, you know, a couple of euro each. So it is certainly a a money saving tip there if you want to
0: wait. Actually, and is rolling out the lawn, is that something someone could do themselves if they're not like expert gardeners or anything? Yeah, it
1: is. It's very easy to do. You do very same as you're prepping a soil uh, to put down normal grass seed or just prepping soil generally. You know, dig it over, have it nice and fluffy, have it firm that it's when you walk in it, it doesn't go, you know, you don't sink into it, and just rake off all the big stones, level it as best you can, and just roll it out and when you're rolling out lawn seed or kind of rolls of lawn turf it's all about contacting making sure that the turf is making contact with the soil uh, you can usually use a scaffolder board or you know board a timber and walk in it and try compact it down to make sure that it touches the soil and away you go it's right. easy enough okay, okay.
0: Uh, and then maybe and just leave it there because we're probably getting enough rain and that yeah. kind of stuff anyway. Yeah, and when you're putting old.
1: out lawn turf and rolling out that the best thing to do is not walk on it. You know, try to avoid going on it. If you've got kids make them go out the front and go on the <laughs> football because they will make <laughs> mud of it. This and, time of year um,
0: it won't grow. <laughs> you hate yeah. kids, don't you Paul? Uh, right, few <laughs> questions for you. My question for Paul is what are his tips for making my garden more biodiversity friendly? As a family yeah. we love seeing birds and insects in our garden and leave patches of the lawn unmown from spring to September. We've also planted several several... several native trees, including fruit trees. Can Paul give any practical and sustainable tips that we can do in our rural garden? We want to do more for wildlife in particular.
1: Great. Uh, You're doing the right things there to start with. You know, I've already spoke about wildflower meadows. We chatted earlier on about them here, that, Mm. you know, you see them all around the cities now when you're driving. It's becoming a thing that we're trying to ingrain into people that it's important to maybe not mow as much lawn. And you're doing that in your garden there. The thing I would say as well, people always have this idea that native plants are best and native plants are great. But actually, if you want to get as many uh, kind of variety of things in your garden as possible, you just need native plants mixed with non-native plants because native plants have a very short flowering period. Uh. Uh, native plants on their own are great but actually if you get in plants from all around the world that flower at different times and usually a big open flower is better so not a really fancy double flower or one that's been overbred but a nice big open flower get plants that flower at different times of the year you extend the season and you actually allow uh, things to eat and feed off those plants all year round so just not go for just the natives go for flowering mm. plants that aren't native as well. Have
0: you, have, you, actually, have you noticed that? Because I've heard a few people who know more about gardening than me which uh-huh. is pretty much everybody uh, <laughs> That, that that flowers and trees are, are kind of blooming at weird times yes. because of uh,
1: yeah uh, our year this year has been I mean it's always we've had weird years for years and years mm-hmm. but this one particularly it's been very mild and we see the daylight lens at this time of the year or maybe back in October time very similar to springtime, and lots of plants think it's spring Yeah, uh, the temperature is similar the daylight is similar so you know these plants haven't really figured it out and some of them will put out flowers so yeah I've seen odd things happening this year it happens every year but
0: this year in particular we've had that perfect Kind of uh, balance to allow things to do things that Uh, shouldn't. Yeah, it's uh, weird. How important is it to know your soil type? If it is important, how do I find out? It's very important to know if you want to grow certain plants. Things like rhododendrons,
1: they hate if your soil is anyway limey, so that needs an acidic soil. For the most part it doesn't matter if you're growing most trees, most shrubs that we're talking about. The way to do it, you can get a pH test in the garden centre, but on the subject of soil, it's far more important not to know about your kind of the acidity of your soil but you have good quality soil. And in a new build garden, in a garden where your builders have just been whatever like that, the soil is going to be really badly compacted. So it's really really good idea to get in there dig out the soil improve it best you can get a bag of organic soil enricher which you can buy from most hardwares and you can get now from lots of different companies uh, mm-hmm. really really good stuff to get and that will really help improve the soil and that's the key to any good gardening good soil
0: uh, i planted a cherry tree in one corner of my garden last year and i think i should have put it in the other corner where it'll get more sun can i or should i move it
1: uh, <laughs> you <have> the <laughs> there you and go, and you can do it very easily uh, you just need to get a spade down go out a little bit further from where you remember the root ball of the tree and you do it from now until about February time uh, do it on a kind of dryish day don't let the roots dry out plant it immediately in the new hole it will move easily because it hasn't rooted in very well it'll be quite an easy job to do and you can absolutely do that for the first couple of years so no problem at all and Okay I do so it. the
0: roots wouldn't be very particularly big No they anything? probably
1: haven't actually made their way into the soil yet so it's a good time to do it do it now before it gets too big And don't think about it this year. Just do it immediately, and it will work.
0: Okay, yeah, but we should add the proviso: wait until this show is over before you do it. Uh, You'd be doing it in the dark then. I'm in a new build for the last two years, where the garden was seeded when I moved in. This summer, the grass was filled with weeds, in particular covered in clover all summer. Can I treat it to prevent at least some of the weeds next year?
1: That's a classic one. So the builders have been, they've, you know, wrecked the back of the garden with all the big machinery and they've compacted it, done all of that and then they leave you, they chuck a bit of seed on. Usually they get agricultural grade seed, which is why you've got lots of clover in it. Uh, If you want to actually have a nice lawn there, I would recommend taking up the lawn and possibly rolling out new lawn that's weed free or starting again uh, digging out that old lawn putting in some nice new soil and putting in real proper uh, good quality lawn seed and starting again you'll never get that clover out of there you're going to have to now clover is a great thing in the garden because yeah. clover is a nitrogen fixer it's a native plant it also flowers so it's good for the bees so uh, if you want a pure green lawn yeah but I mean I'd be for a bit like yeah leave the clover and just let it you know flower in potches but if you want the lawn you have to do a bit more work to it than that
0: our neighbour has a very tall tree that sheds mountains of wispy little bits of foliage in the summer. Every time the wind blows, it's a nightmare for us to be avoided, uh, says the texter. That's, a, I suppose, uh, speaking to that question I was asking Paul earlier about having neighbours and having big trees. Yeah. Sarah in Cork says, I have raspberries growing in my garden. Yeah, that's weird uh, that is a bit my mum sent me a photo this week of the raspberries that I planted
1: years ago when I lived there and she was a bit like what are you doing with these things There, she was giving out about them a few weeks ago she still has them now the first week or the last week in November it's mad and it, it does happen autumn flowering raspberries can flower very late and fruit very late it's been mild we've hardly had frost so yeah, yeah. it's weird but it's not that unusual for this year I suppose
0: okay yeah, yeah. it seems <laughs> not Paul thanks a million for coming into us uh, today uh, that was uh, Paul Smith there the gardener and author of Gardening Together